Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Bill Allen's Facebook Classes. It is Thursday afternoon in downtown Tyler, Texas, a very warm downtown Tyler, Texas, as is typical. It's June the 1st, so happy summer to you. And I hope that you are feeling God's presence and God's blessing and God's guiding hand in your life today. As we continue our study through the Psalms on Thursdays using a book by Timothy and Kathy Keller, uh, Songs of Jesus, uh, Prayers of Jesus. It is the song book and prayer book of the Jews in the first century. And so we are excited to be going through this. And I'm glad to be going through it uh, together with you as we look at uh, daily readings each day, uh, if you have the book. And uh, each Thursday, I recount a, a psalm or two from the previous week's readings. And today we focus on Psalm 66. Many of the Psalms are calls to worship. Many of the passages in almost all of the Psalms could be considered a call to worship. They can be used in a great way in congregational worship. And as you do your personal study time, they're also very, very useful to remind us to uh, go to God in prayer and praise. And so this Psalm, Psalm 66, has a lot to say about that. And so uh, let's take a look. Psalm 66, the first five verses. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. <laughs> Boy, you know that this is a great psalm if the first few verses are like that, right? Um, everyone is called to praise God. It's interesting throughout the psalms, throughout the Old Testament, uh, not just the New, but even the Old Testament, all of creation is called upon to praise the one true and living God. And all of humanity is called upon to do the same. All the nations are called upon to join the people of God, the Jews. Uh, to praise him. And today in the church, it's the same thing. Uh, the church is the people of God and all are called to join God's people, the church of Jesus Christ in praise of the living God. Everyone is called to praise God in glorious praise, singing the glory of his name, making his praise glorious. All glory is given to God. And uh, I'm reminded of that acronym, A-C-T-S, ACTS, that is a great uh, outline for prayers, and I've talked about it many times before. Uh, the A is for adoration. It starts with praise. It starts with adoration towards God. The C is confession. We confess our sins, and the psalmist is very, very open about doing that. T is for thanksgiving. Before we start asking God for stuff, shall we thank him and be grateful for the things that he's already given us? And then, of course, S is supplication. S is where we finally get to that place where we're ready to ask God for whatever blessing is on our heart. The, uh, a loved one that is ill, perhaps even ourselves, uh, a church that we're concerned with, family members that we are concerned with. Uh, sometimes, as I've said before, those are so great. Those needs are so critical and so urgent that, that it, it makes no sense to begin somewhere else. We pour our hearts out to God in prayer in those cases, and the psalmists do that as well. Um, but if that's the way our prayers always are, 
And we never praise God. We never thank Him for His blessings. We never confess our sin. All we do is ask Him for stuff. Well, that's not good either. I'm talking about that a little bit this Sunday as I begin a series of sermons through the book of Job. And uh, everyone in Psalm 66 is called upon to praise God. And glorious praise points to God, not to the speakers. I always love those unassuming prayer leaders, worship leaders, song leaders, preachers even, that will get up and it's almost like they they are turning the attention away from themselves. Uh, sometimes that can be done in a way that is selfish, in a way that wants to make people feel like you're a very humble person. I'm reminded of the old preacher joke. Uh, they gave me a pin for humility and they took it away when I wore it. <laughs> and I, you know, somehow or another being able to do that in a genuine way, I've known people who are able to do that so well and so naturally. They don't do it to draw attention to themselves. They don't do it to say, hey, look at me. I don't want you to look at me. They do it in a way that honors God and glorifies God. It's never trivial, never pretentious, as some have said. Uh, and uh, the Kellers write, there is nothing more evangelistic, nothing that will win the world more than glorious worship. I think that's right. If you are truly genuine and sincere in your worship of God, people will see that and they will know it and it will have an impact and it will draw them, uh, not to you, but to the God that you worship. Let's keep reading in Psalm 66, verse six, verses 6 through 12. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot, obviously talking about the great deliverance that God brought to the Israelites uh, through Moses from Egyptian bondage. Come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. And they did a lot of that in those wilderness wanderings, didn't they? Verse 8, praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. Again, all peoples are called to praise God over and over again. In that Exodus story, uh, you read where God wanted all the nations of the earth to see that he, the God of the Jews, is the one true and living creator God. And, and that was the purpose of the plagues. That was the purpose of the miracles crossing the Red Sea, uh, the great deliverance in the Passover. Uh, the great uh, victories that God brought to the people when they crossed the Jordan River under Joshua's leadership into the promised land of Canaan. Always God did that to bless his people, yes, but even further to bless all the peoples of the world so that they would know that he alone is God. Well, this passage continues in Psalm 66, verse 10. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. They didn't just go straight from Abraham to the promised land flowing with milk and honey and wonderful great big clumps of grapes and all of that. They went through a hard time of suffering and the psalmist blesses God for that. The Kellers write, strikingly, the psalmist praises God for letting so many bad things happen to him and to the people of God. God is seen as present in every one of the sufferings that are listed in these verses. And that's the key. We see God's presence even when we're suffering. We see God's presence even when we're unhappy. We see God's presence 
even when times are difficult. That's what the psalmist acknowledged. God, you didn't give up on us. In fact, you were right there with us all the way through. The blessing of the cross, of course, is the salvation that comes through the gift of the Son of God. But it's also the awareness, not for God, but for us, that God knows what it's like to suffer, that God is aware. And he hears us when our hearts cry out to him uh, for deliverance from our suffering. God allows these things to refine us into something precious, great, and beautiful, just like the refiner would refine gold or silver to make it pure. That's what God does for us. And he sees us through those difficult times as we do begin the study of Job this Sunday. I hope you can watch online. If you're not a member here in Tyler, I hope that you'll uh, be able to watch online either live or later. And... Um, and be reminded that even in intense suffering, God is there and he has a purpose and a plan. He doesn't want us to hurt and he doesn't want us uh, to be harmed just as he didn't want his son to go through what he went through. Uh, but God, what he does want is for us to be close to him, for us to trust in him above all. And whatever roadblock, whatever uh, mountain is separating us from that close, intimate fellowship with God, he will do everything in his power to take that away. And all he won't do is force us to turn to him. He wants us to more than everything else. That's why he created us. But he won't force himself on us as we see clearly in the gospels in the time of Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, continuing on in Psalm 66 verse 13. I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. Vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. I will sacrifice fat animals to you and an offering of rams. I will offer bulls and goats. Come and hear all you who fear God. Let me tell you, verse 16, what he has done for me. The psalmist acknowledges that there have been bad things and sufferings that have happened to him and to all of the people of God, but he also acknowledges that God had a great purpose in those things and that God was present even in the midst of those times and so the psalmist says, look, when I made promises to you so that you would deliver me, I will come through on those promises. You can, you, can, uh, you can guarantee that. I will come through on everything I have vowed to you. Ecclesiastes says, better to not vow than to vow a vow and not fulfill it. And so as the psalmist remembers perhaps that thinking and that feeling and that sense, he, he promises God that he will fulfill his promises. And then he calls on everyone, come in here, verse 16, come in here, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what God has done for me. That's your witness, telling others what God has done for you. Just like the psalmist, you can recount the Bible stories of how God delivered uh, Moses and the people of Israel. You can talk about how David slew Goliath. You can talk about how God delivered uh, the Apostle Paul so many times as he sought to share the word of the Lord with others. But tell your story too. Talk about how God has delivered you. Come and let me tell you, the psalmist says, what God has done for me. I hope you will do that too. 1 Peter 3 says, always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you about the hope with which you live. And so, first of all, live with hope. <laughs> live with the hope and joy that come through knowing Jesus Christ. 
But then secondly, be ready when someone asks you, how can you be so positive today with all the doom and gloom around us, all the scary things around us? How is it that you can maintain a sense of not just uh, assurance, but even joy and hope? That's when you say one word, Jesus. And let me tell you what he has done for me. The last few verses of Psalm 66, starting with verse 17. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Some of the principles of prayer and praise we've talked about is acknowledging God's presence even during the suffering, calling on everyone to come and praise God along with us, recounting not just the things that we want and the concerns that we have, but thanking God for the blessings that he's already given, fulfilling our promises to God, being faithful to what we have said, to what we have committed to. And then here in these last few verses, the psalmist says, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. That's a scary, scary thought, isn't it? But we find that same thought throughout scripture. It's not that God can't hear. Oh, he's all powerful, all knowing, all hearing. He can hear and see. For the psalmist, that's a great blessing that he sees and hears all. Very much aware of their own sinfulness, but also very much aware of God's mercy and God's forgiveness. And we share that same feeling. But if we cherish sin in our heart, if we get away from that path that leads to God, we have that sin of the high and uplifted hand that I've talked about that some people have called that sin and the high and uplifted hand that looks up to God and shakes their fist towards God and says, I don't care what you want. I know what I want. I know what will make me happy and I'm going to do that. Well, the psalmist says, God would not have listened. He would not have heard my prayer if I had cherished sin in my heart. The haunting words of Romans chapter 1, God gave them over to their sinfulness, talking about immorality, homosexuality, adultery, um, all of those things, and so many others listed in Romans chapter 1 that if we give our lives over to the works of the flesh, as Galatians 5 calls them, living according to the flesh, not the spirit, as Romans 7 and 8 warn, um, then God will let us. Again, he will not force us to praise him. He will not force us to obey him. He will not force us to worship him. He wants that more than anything. That's why we were created. But if he wanted to create beings that just automatically did what he did and had no choice, he could have done that. But he didn't. He put his own image in all of humanity and he called on us to acknowledge his presence, to acknowledge his blessing, to acknowledge his salvation. And in our day and time, of course, we're able to acknowledge that saving grace that comes only through Jesus Christ. Jesus himself saying, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Jesus himself saying, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus Christ himself, when he gave us that great commission at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, said this, and I will be with you always to the very end of the age. We join with the psalmist in saying this, praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love 
from me. We end this uh, day's study where we began in the first few verses of Psalm 66, this psalm of prayer and praise. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his name and praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. Come and let me tell you what God has done for me. I hope and pray that you have a wonderful weekend and that throughout it, in all the good and in all the hard things, that you will feel his presence close by. God bless.